On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Juliana Jackson from OmniConvert. We had a really great conversation all around customer lifetime value. Uh, She gave some incredibly insightful tips on how to increase customer lifetime value. And not only that, but not to look at all of your customers the same. You know, the old adage was, you know, you basically divide your revenue by your amount of customers and that's your customer lifetime value. But that is not the case. So she talked about getting into certain segments uh, that make a lot more sense. And yeah, there was just so much that she went through. This is one of those episodes you'll probably have to listen to a couple times as there was just so much value that she packed into this conversation. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. At Mindful Marketing, we know that you want your brand to be successful. In order to do that, though, you need to predictably acquire new customers. The problem is Facebook and Google are only getting more expensive, which makes you feel unsure of whether your brand will survive. We believe that building a community of loyal and repeat customers is the answer. We understand how hard it is to predictably grow a brand, which is why we have created a system using our own mid-seven-figure e-commerce brand as a test case. And here's how we do it. Number one, we execute a profitable ads strategy. Number two, we build a brand-owned loyal base of repeat customers. And number three, we grow exponentially predictably and consistently so download our free sales launch checklist at mindfulmarketing.co slash slc so you can stop having sales that bomb and instead grow your revenue predictably and exponentially all right i am here with juliana jackson from omni convert juliana welcome to secrets to scaling your e-commerce brand Hey, Jordan. Great to be here. Very pumped to have a, a conversation with you today. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes, totally. So this is great because we interact all the time on LinkedIn, which is not quite real life. Now we're having an interview here, which is almost real life right now. So it's actually it's super nice to get to chat with you and find out and, and really talk all about customer lifetime value. I think that's what we're really going to touch on today. So I'm, I'm super excited. Before we get started, though, can you tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do? Awesome. So I'm a Romanian. I'm uh, I'm representing Omniconvert, we're a technology company based in uh, Bucharest, Romania. And my job with Omniconvert is of a chief evangelist. And my role is uh, an educational role because, you know, like the word evangelist in Greek means bringing the good news. So I'm bringing the good news uh, to uh, e-commerce brands about the um, uh, use of customer lifetime value principles and frameworks for their uh, growth, for the data-driven growth. I've been working for the last 10 years in uh, technology, both SaaS and e-commerce. And I'm one of the principal architects of the customer value optimization category. It's a new category of softwares, which uh, me and uh, my boss, Valentin, kind of claimed from the market as no one did before. And this is an innovation framework for e-commerce companies that identifies the most valuable customer segments thanks to the RFM model. And it helps brands understand behavioral patterns that need to be addressed in order for them to really focus on what matters to improve uh, profitability. So in a nutshell, I'm uh, helping brands get the faster, uh, the fastest route to their uh, customers. That's great. On LinkedIn, you are known as the CLV lady, right? So yeah. or that's, that's your self-proclaimed title, uh, which I absolutely love. I got a question for you, though. Why should people who are listening to this care about customer lifetime value? Like, what does it matter? Like, if they're, you know, getting customers at like a two return on ad spend and, and making a little bit of money, what does it matter? 
cool. That's a great question. And also for the record, the COV lady thing, I kind of got it because I was asking people one day, what do they know me about? And you're like, oh, you're the lady with the COV. All talking about COV all the time. So why should you focus on customer lifetime value? I mean, I guess the biggest secret about customer lifetime value is that, first of all, it's not a transactional focus metric. If you think about it, you know, from um, uh, deeper than the surface uh, way. I mean, customer lifetime value happens when you have, you know, repeated income, repeated profits coming from the same source. So if you acquire a cohort of customers, and if those customers buy from you only once, even if you broke even in the ad spend and the money that you got from them, that doesn't mean you're increasing the customer lifetime value. The only way you can increase customer lifetime value is if you have repeat purchases from the same customer. So this means basically that you should look at things such as customer retention, free frequency of purchases, monetary value. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, clearly uh, the retention rate is the most important part. So you should care about customer lifetime value if you want to play the long-term game. If you don't want to play the long-term game and you're doing drop shipping, maybe you shouldn't care about customer lifetime value. Well, also maybe you shouldn't listen to this podcast because that's not exactly. the kind of people that I, that <laughs> those aren't the kind of brands that I'm interested in. It, yeah. It's so true. It's, you know, everyone's been freaking out about iOS 14, right? Like in the yeah. Facebook ads community. And it's interesting because as somebody who owns multiple brands, I don't really care. I don't really care because I'm not in it for the short term game, right? It's not just this little game right now. It's like, it's actually building brands that have value beyond the first purchase, which is why I love customer lifetime value. And the reason why we're talking on this podcast right now is because it's so important. That's how you build a business that's going to be here, not just next year, but in 10 years, right? Is creating that. Well, like, what do you think that the customer lifetime value of of somebody like Nike is, right? It's not just like one shirt that they're selling, right? They've got all this entire suite of, you know, products that that you can purchase. Let's talk about how, how do you know what, like, is there a really simple formula to figure out what your customer lifetime value is oh my god there's so many formulas for customer lifetime value that's one of the biggest problems right now in the market so ever since shopify announced that cov is the way to go it's funny that a lot of people have transcended to uh to this that's why you see all this uh, overnight experts in the matter of uh, customer lifetime value there are a lot of uh, metrics involved where uh you know on how to calculate it but the best way to identify customer lifetime value you have to first identify customer value. So just to put like a short stop here to have a conversation is the following thing. You need to understand that when you are trying to optimize customer lifetime value, you should not focus on all your customers that you have. You should focus on only the ones that bring value to your business. Not all the customers that you have are created equally, right? So you should be focusing on the ones that are bringing you consistent value and those are the ones that are actually moving the needle. So the biggest, uh, the best way to identify customer value is through the RFM segmentation method. And yes, I know everyone is talking about RFM right now, but I want to say this live here on your podcast that RFM is fucking hard to use. It's not such an easy segmentation. And also very important thing, RFM segmentation is nothing without the RFM analysis. What does RFM stand for? 
So just like super easy explanation, RFM stands for recency, frequency, and monetary value. So this method is used to understand and analyze customers based on three factors, recency, frequency, and monetary value. So the goal of this is to predict which clients are more likely to buy again in the future, right? This is the whole purpose of of, uh, lifetime value. So this model can help you segment your customer database into segments of customers that share a buying pattern. But inside this RFM segment, there is a very important part, which is called RFM analysis, which means that each of these customers in a group don't have the same type of behavior. The only group that has the same type of behavior in terms of number of orders or frequency level and monetary value is the soulmates or VIPs or whatever, which are like the bread and butter of the business. But Mm -hmm. once you get down the rabbit hole from the soulmate, you will see that there are different types of groups that have different types of uh, behavior. So I just want to like, maybe for the listeners, I want to give a great example of a group called, we call them flirting, which basically are uh, new customers that purchased uh, one or two times. And uh, this is uh, where, you know, if you have a good experience, this is a group where customers will naturally go. So the main goal with this group would be not to slack and stop optimizing. Because even if you got these customers to purchase from you two times, it doesn't mean they are profitable long term, right? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. Yeah. So the fun starts with the segments and this analysis starts from what you will be able to do next. So becoming profitable and increasing lifetime value means, again, constant revenue from the same source, the customer. So all of the secret of these segments and all of the secret of uh, increasing customer lifetime value, it all relies on the research that you do on the customer. That's what I'm trying to get at because the formulas to calculate lifetime value are very different. There's two types of customer lifetime values. The predictive one that takes into, which is a dynamic metric that takes into consideration your retention rate, the orders per customer, the average order value. And that type of customer lifetime value is one that is modifying every day. Okay. So just like Again, a short stop here, the predictive lifetime value is the most efficient way to determine it because it's based upon predictive analysis. So it calculates previous transactions plus behavioral indicators, right? That forecast the lifetime value of an individual. So every purchase and interaction with the client is much more accurate to predictive lifetime value. That's why it's a better solution for calculating it. And the way you should look at this is exactly in those segments, right? Mm -hmm. That you have determined by the RFM. Because if you just look at historical lifetime value, it's going to be very, I guess, confusing because it's just the sum of all the transactions multiplied by the average gross margin. But the problem is that the historical lifetime values considers, you know, service costs, return costs, acquisition costs, marketing tools, whatever. But the issue with this method is that it becomes very tricky to calculate per client, especially if you want, you know, all your figures to be up to date, right? So if you are right now listening to this and you want to start calculating your lifetime value, make sure you are looking to use the predictive lifetime value one because it's updated. It shows you what it is instead of what it was, right? So if you know what it is, you can probably predict what's going to happen. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if you are able to uh, calculate the predictive lifetime value, you can have the segments of customers. There is when the fun begins, when you can actually invest time into doing qualitative research to understand reasons behind buying and stop focusing on the selling part. Gotcha, gotcha. So let's talk about, because I'm getting the like sort of deep analysis here. How do we actually translate that into action? Like where does the action come with brands, right? How do we know whether we're, you know, getting enough customer lifetime value out of someone and how can we actually make changes based on that? Because I get the data, but where does the change come in? Let's take a quick break. Hey guys, just a quick note from me. You know, if the beginning of this year has been absolutely brutal for ads, you are not alone. There's a lot of people out there that are absolutely struggling. Now, we have not been seeing nearly the carnage that a lot of you out there have been seeing at AppGrowth Commerce. And so I put together this master document. It took me hours upon hours to put together for you guys. And I want to give it to you guys for absolutely free. And so this walks through the three big fixes that we're seeing to fix your Facebook ad account. In 2024. And I really do think that this is the way, again, we're not seeing those issues barely at all in any of the accounts. And we handle a lot of accounts between the brands that I own, between everyone else that we work with at AppGrowth Commerce. We're just not seeing those same issues that a lot of people are seeing. And so I've identified these three huge buckets and I've got a master document that walks through all of that. So if you guys want to go to www.appgrowthcommerce.com slash ad problems. That's upgrowthcommerce.com slash ad problems and download the resource from there. I think that you guys are going to get a ton from this document and hopefully be able to turn your ad account around. Now, remember, if this is not an issue for you, that's totally okay. (laughs) But if you are having issues with your ad account in 2024, I highly recommend going and downloading that resource again, upgrowthcommerce.com slash ad problems. Now back to today's episode. Great question. So once you have the data, the quantitative data, it's very important to start digging deep. And this is where your marketing team should start to get to understand social, emotional, and functional reasons that people have of, you know, when they purchase from the brand. So when you have historical data to back up, it's less guessing game involved. So it's very easy for an agency that you work with or a partner or your own company to go and do customer interviews and understand three very important things that every customer should should have in their file with the brand. Context, outcomes, and trade-offs. Because I don't believe at all in uh, impulse buying, right? So there's no such thing because nothing is random. And just because someone didn't plan to purchase today doesn't mean it was not caused by something. So in my opinion, there's no such thing as an impulse purchase. There are always a ton of context that led to that purchase. So when you have historical data from these segments, right, as a brand, you should work with an agency or a consultant or your internal team to do customer interviews to understand the context that people purchased in, what were the outcomes that they were looking for, because I can assure you that people that come on your website are not looking for your output, which is your product features necessarily, or your discount or whatever. People are not looking for, uh, it's never like a problem of money. It's more like a problem of value. So if you transmit value to your offerings on the website, then you can understand after what was the outcome that people hired your product or your brand for. And then once you know that outcome, 
come, you are able to understand what are the trade-offs that they're doing. Because come on, Jordan, let's be honest. We're not looking to buy something. We're looking for reasons not to buy something because no one likes to spend their money. Like Totally. People me. don't want to. And then no. even after they spend their money, then they also yes. want to think of like, oh no, oh no. Why did I spend that? Right? Exactly. They have immediate, immediate remorse. Yeah. And the only way to tackle that and see now you're sending me into a total different direction. How much brands are fucking up in the welcome message series? Mm. Like those are the emails that are most open. So you said something super valuable. A lot of customers, if not most of us, because we are also consumers and customers, right? Besides, you know, our uh, clear, um, you know, direction in e-commerce, but everyone has this buying remorse. So once you buy a, a product, you're on your phone waiting on your email to get those sad messages that your purchase was done, that is going to be shipped. And you, you want to check if you put your data right, if they, you know, charge the money and everything. And there is when brands, instead of comforting the consumer, instead of, you know, showing them that they did a good decision, they send already a product in the welcome series. And like, I just bought a jean, a pair of jeans like five minutes ago. Why are you sending me t-shirts? I just want to make mm -hmm. sure if I took a good decision. So they are sending emails from a no reply address instead of using their customer support team, which is such an underused resource in e-commerce and have emails be sent from their Quavy or whatever they're using, but with the recipient in the customer support team to make sure that in case there is some issues, you have someone to respond to you. So there's so much that you can do with that welcome series because that one has the highest open rate, but there is like the biggest freak, the first probably friction post-purchase where it happens, because I'm not sure I uh, posted this on LinkedIn some time ago. I'm not sure if you saw the post, but we did a uh, research. We have like 1,200 brands and actually there are more, but when I, we did this research, we were working with 1,200 brands. So we wanted to see how many customers in general from a cohort of new customers are going to purchase again after the first work. So we did this research. Research, and we found out that most brands are losing 70 to 85% new customers after just one order. And wow. only the rest of them have a chance to order the second time. So this is aggregated data from seven, eight, nine figures e-commerce brands all over the world. So yeah. the problem is between the first and the second purchase is the biggest gap. There is when you lose the most customers. So, I mean, if you're an e-commerce brand and you're listening to Jordan podcast right now, look in your customer journey and see what happens after the first order that stops people from buying from you like that i mean clearly it's normal to have a churn rate it's natural and it's sometimes it's a blessing to lose some customers but to make sure that you are not losing everyone you have to do something in the customer journey so when you were asking me jordan earlier about action map your customer journey talk to your customers personalize the way you communicate with them based on the segments that they're in based on their stage of buying that they're in don't treat everybody the same. Don't treat people in a segment the same because not all of them have the same behavior, even if they're under the same segment. It's like you have a group of people living in the same block, apartment building, but that doesn't mean that if they have this thing in common, they have the common behavior, right? Mm, so gotcha. don't be afraid to go granular. Like software right now is a commodity. There's a CDP fatigue in the market at the moment. I don't know that's like every day I wake up and it's another CDP. There's so much, you know, you can choose 
choose from if you want data. But the problem is that once you have this data, the question is what you're going to do with it, <laughs> you know? Totally. So, yeah, you got to do something, right? Like like yeah. we all have probably tons of data, exactly. right? But we just need to figure out like the action steps to take. Yeah, because it's like data, it's always have been there. Everyone has first party data all the time. The moment you have someone buying from you, that's first party data. So the secret is what I see from where I am right now, I see the market moving in a very um, qualitative research uh, period where the most important thing is going to be the buyer psychology because what happened with COVID last year changed the buyer psychology and changed the type of people that are purchasing uh, online. And Mm. I mean, let's be honest, there's so much competition. Like if you don't like a brand today, you can find 10 more brands that sell mostly the same stuff in the same day or tomorrow to purchase from them. So just because like you have a group of customers that you call VIPs, they can easily be the VIPs of another brand or your competition. So if you slack, then they're going to go. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So let's, Juliana, let's, let's talk about how you guys at OmniConvert help with this customer lifetime value and, and identifying people and, and all of that. What sort of solution do you guys have? So we have uh, created this customer value optimization methodology. So we are a technology company, right? But we have a a channel of uh, agencies that we work with, top agencies around the world in the e-commerce sector. And we have, I guess, in a way, training them into, you know, using and leveraging the data better. And uh, the way we see the, you know, the movement is like this. Only two ways to grow a business, right? You either acquire more customers or get the customers that you have buy from you uh, more. So what we're trying to do with this methodology that can be used by any brand or any agency or any consultant is that you should move from the common growth, you know, formula, you know, like traffic multiplied by conversion rate by average order value, which is, you know, you call growth. Right now, if you really want to grow your brand and if you want to play as we were laughing earlier, the long-term game, you have to think first of two things in your growth uh, formula, right? In your secret. Customer acquisition cost and customer lifetime value. They cannot exist without each other. So when you have customer acquisition cost, a customer acquisition cost will answer to you to one question. How much does a customer cost? Then customer lifetime value is going to answer to the question, how much is a customer worth? But when you combine these two, you get to a very, very, very essential question. To what extent is a customer worth their cost? So this is what the COD CAC ratio reveals. What is the true value of a customer to my business? So it's super easy to calculate. It's just the basic COV divided by CAC. But if you introduce this in the methodology of customer value optimization, if you multiply the customers with the ratio between the COV and CAC, that's what real growth is. Because COV, it's highly dependent on the RFM segment on the margin, on the customer experience, the net promoter score, the customer effort score, and the satisfaction score. So if you want to grow your e-commerce, you cannot avoid customer experience and customer satisfaction and Mm. customer voice in general. So what happens is much more deeper. So what we suggest brands to do is to stop focusing on growth generating factors such as revenue or, uh, I don't know, vanity metrics and focus really, really on growth. Because we have seen a lot of brands that had like super high revenues, but their year over year growth was bad. Their retention rate was bad and the customers were not satisfied, but they were looking only at the revenue and they had the impression they're growing. But because Mm. of this, they just, you know, went, went down the rabbit hole in like two or three years. Because again, 
first, the most important, it's like this, you know, I'll just give you like, I guess, seven tips thing. Understand your ideal customer profile, right? And this can be done if you do the RFM segmentation. Once you understand your ideal customer profile, this is a group that you have to focus on over delighting and understanding to the T and all that information that you get from this group, try to apply it to the other segments of customers and try to improve the experience and improve the way you communicate with your customers. Because the soulmates group, the VIPs, even if it's the smallest groups in times of percentage of customers is the group that brings you the most margin. So you don't Mm. want to lose there. And you also want to make sure that you bring other people to the same level because the more uh, customers in your VIPs, the more your margin is going to be. So first that's, you know, identify them. Once you identify them, you have to make sure you change your company's mentality, right? Because the biggest problem in e-commerce is the status quo of the owner sometimes. And I get it. You know, I'm an entrepreneur too. Like that business, it's your baby. So you want to you, you are so much into it that you sometimes, you know, you're afraid to risk or you're afraid to do some things because you're not used to doing it like that. So here there are two types of companies, the e-commerce brands is the customer centric one that understands the main driver of the demands, the customer behavior. And then the product centric one that think that the demand just happens out of the blue because they have, you know, a product. So they only communicate prices or discounts and they look at traffic at CPC or revenue and whatever. And they have departments working on silos. They run separately and treat customers without even understanding the previous or next touch points in their journey. So they are very vulnerable competition and market changes. Whereas the customer centric ones, they know that the customer behavior can be monitored and influenced by analyzing the data. So by doing that research I was talking about and for success for them means customer experience, customer lifetime value, retention right so they have the departments working together and they're always you know singing a very fluent customer journey song right so they have a unique source of truth for their customers. They monitor, they segment, they understand and nurture the customers. So the second, uh, third step, sorry, would be uh, monitor what really matters. So look at your acquisition costs, look at your net promoter score, look at your lifetime value, the average days between transaction, their customer retention, your margins, obviously. Look at the churn rate, look at the uh, uh, refunds and return rate, look at all this data. You don't need super complicated uh, data ecosystems behind all the time. I mean, yes, if you're an enterprise level brand that you make 200 million per year, yes, you might need a bit more right now than, you know, just a brand that's like, you know, starting and bootstrapping. And, you know, it's mostly that's what e-commerce is right now. It's not, and not everyone is Nike, right? It takes time to get there. So once you do that, you have to start focusing on this customer uh, qualitative research that I was telling you. So basically your aim should be to add the customer voice in the mix to correlate the customer feedback with the quantity of data that you have, the metrics I was telling you about earlier. Once you get this data you will uh, understand the reasons uh, people buy from you the barriers they have in uh, in relationship with your products and services and this can be translated into insights that help you work more on that uh, ideal customer profile so the main takeaway for quality research is this understand learn google the jobs to be done methodology for customer interviews to understand the struggling moments the jobs people uh, hire your product or brand for what are the triggers that make them buy and what is the forces of progress like what pushes them 
towards you. Also, make sure you do qualitative research to understand um, the product and your services issues, like quality, price, brand, delivery time, client service, return policy, and so on. And once you have all these insights, you go to improve the customer experience, right? And here is where you should be focusing on delivering value at every touch point of the customer journey. Because the biggest reasons why customers are leaving a company is because they think the brand doesn't give a damn about them, which is the case most of the times. So people are going to leave. Right now, there are few companies that can really rely on luck. The rest of them, if they want to win, they must really nail down their customer experience because you can have the best product, you can throw discounts and people and whatever. If your customer experience is shit, people are not going to come back because there's a lot of people like you that can sell the same stuff, right? So instead of just going from demand generation to customer and money, go from customers to feedback, create better products, create better experience, retain the customers, create word of mouth and repeat. And this is how you should be working on because it's very essential. Again, the biggest KPI for increasing customer lifetime value is customer experience. If you don't have that settled, it's not going to work. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we have a whole, uh, I guess, methodology that goes from each of these points for you know, having a formula that makes sense for the business model because it's people that sell one time, it's people that sell subscription, it's people that sell both, it's people in fashion and so on. So it's not going to be like a one size fits all for every business. The main point is that you get insights from your customers and do better email and ads, you do better customer service, you do better product assortment, website targeting and so on, because you have to find out which are the channels you're more profitable on and communicate with your customers the right way on all those channels. And repeat again. <laughs> I mean, I that's it. like in a few words, a whole, I guess, 200 pages methodology. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but it really does come down to that, right? Like understand your customer and then start to change your behavior yeah. <laughs> so that your customers order more. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's simple. It's really simple. It's great. It's great. Hey guys, do you want the checklist that helped me generate $250,000 of e-commerce sales in 24 hours? If so, we're giving it away for free at mindfulmarketing.co slash SLC. Download that today. I'd ask you the question that I have to ask everybody, but I think you just answered it. I mean, my normal question is, you know, what is your secret to scaling? And I really do believe that you just answered that. Do you, do you have anything else? No, man, I, I'm a strong, strong believer in research. I'm a very strong believer in research. For me, it's simple. No matter, I actually posted about this on LinkedIn today. There's no way to game scaling or game retention or game lifetime value you cannot bamboozle this with discounts and programs and whatever yeah Yeah, like you might trick people for one to orders but consumers are not going to stay if you have a crap post-purchase experience you know and the reality is that most direct-to-consumers brand that I know have at least two, three CDPs installed right now, and they're looking at all that data. But, you know, as you said earlier, the data is not a problem. The software is not a problem. This is a context problem. And most business, most businesses, you know, they know everything about their customers besides why they buy from them, right? So if you're an e-commerce brand, get past that surface layer of the why. It's not going to cost you money. Pick up the phone, call 10 people today, call them tomorrow instead of staying on LinkedIn and find out, you know, why those people are buying from you, whether are they staying with you. And for the ones that divorced, you find out what happened in the customer journey that made yeah. you, uh, you know, made them give up on you. And 
just stop listening to folks that are teaching you how to game metrics because that doesn't work long term. Work with there's so many great agencies that do so good for e-commerce brands. Work with an agency that really knows what they're doing instead of working with you know overnight experts. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, there's so many of those agencies out there too. Like we see it at at our agency, we see it all the time. People come in and they're like, "Yeah, we've been working with this agency for a while," and we take a look at their accounts and what they're doing, and it's like, "Oh, I I don't think you're working with experts there. You're working with somebody." who, you know, just figured out how to, you know, game Facebook system for a while or yeah. something, right? <laughs> Not like long, yeah, long term. Exactly. Uh, Juliana, yeah, right. this, is, this is great to have you on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Where can people find out more uh, about you and, uh, and more about OmniConvert? So you can go on OmniConvert.com and then you can find me at the CLV lady on Clubhouse, on Twitter, on LinkedIn and on uh, YouTube as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Oh, you and I are going to have to do a Clubhouse room at some point here. We should. Be... I'm doing one, one next week, actually, with uh, Bob Muesta. Uh, the he actually is the godfather of the jobs to be done uh, uh, you know uh, qualitative research uh, actually he did it with Clayton Christensen uh, from Harvard and I have a room with him and actually once I set it up I'm gonna invite you I think it's gonna be really cool we're gonna talk about how to understand buying behavior in uh, e-commerce and retail we cool. definitely should do a clubhouse to talk about agencies it's gonna be fun because I know you guys are the good ones I, I, I heard a lot of great things about you guys <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks, thanks again so much for your time today. I, I really appreciate it. And yeah, please connect with her on LinkedIn. It's I, I love seeing the value that you're bringing over there. Thank you, and I had re- a lot of fun. I hope you know. I was I was trying to go at one point five with the, with the information, so I hope it was uh, I hope it was valuable. Thank I think you for it was, having me. It was super valuable. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.